0: Warning, the following podcast contains profanity. But to be fair, the cuss words are vastly outnumbered by the conjunctions and pronouns and stuff.
1: This week's episode of The Skating Atheist is brought to you by The Newspaper for Moderate Jihadists in the Middle East. Paper Covers Iraq. With all the partisan media sources out there always taking sides when it comes to ISIS, we decided to give you just the facts, right down the middle, and let you decide. Paper Covers Iraq the hometown rock beat paper and now the scathing atheist
2: this is Zach law host creator and thought leader from the Zach cast I interview atheists skeptics and generally cool people every week try my scathing atheist drinking game every time they don't laugh drink and by the way we did in fact of from filthy monkey men. <laughs>
1: Thursday. It's March 3rd. And I learned a lot about the upkeep and maintenance of females from the Muslim Owner's Guide this week. (laughs) I'm Noah illusions. I'm Heath Enright.
2: And from Trump rally cap to Valdosta, Georgia, this is The Skating Atheist. On this week's episode, we'll ignore my mother's suggested response to having nothing nice to say. The Bible appears to converge with science once every 12 hours or so. And Lucinda and Eli will be here to marvel at just how much job security Quranic apologists have. But first, the diatribe. Can you even imagine a political party putting together a pizza and Xbox night to draw in more kids to their ideology? You think about it, your kid comes home, tells you that Tommy's parents are Republicans, and they invited him to kids night at the, at the Rubio campaign headquarters. You know, there's a bus that's going to pick them up, and all the boys and girls will sing songs about lower corporate tax rates along the way. You know, they got to sit through a quick, boring lecture about trickle-down economics, but after that, it's video games and ping-pong all night long, and everybody takes home a Ronald Reagan coloring book. Is there anybody who wouldn't think that was creepy as fuck? I I mean, I know there's been plenty of shit like that in totalitarian governments, and I'm sure they have something just like that for the kiddies in North Korea, except there's no food and they all just play stick. But when we see that, we still all agree it's creepy as fuck. That's why we don't have libertarian teen dances or a democratic socialist summer camp. Now, of course, I need to give you some credit because I'm sure you also recognize that it's creepy when religious people do this. But why isn't that obvious to everyone? You know, any other ideological position would be all but nationally reviled if they started targeting children that were too young to understand the shit they were saying. And yet most of our fellow Americans see nothing at all wrong with Kiwanis Club or the Boy Scouts or the extra homophobic counter Boy Scouts the Mormons made up. For some reason, there is virtually nothing that religion can do in its effort to recruit children that will earn them the kind of public condemnation they deserve. Yeah, I used to work at uh, Universal Studios in Orlando, and once a year they'd have this massive late-night evangelical rock concert. Rock the universe, they called it, so it doesn't even sound remotely Jesus-y. A bunch of churches and their auxiliaries would pull together piles of money to rent out the amusement park for the night, they'd bring in a bunch of shitty Christian bands, and then they'd bust kids in from 30 states to fill it up. And when you're 13, how awesome is that? Right? You go to an amusement park after dark, you see a rock concert, and you don't have to worry about your parents being there to embarrass you. I mean, sure, the music's going to suck and there's going to be a bunch of God shit, but there is also going to be roller coasters and boys or girls or whatever it is you're into. I mean, look, I talked to these kids. I attended these things. By and large, these kids aren't zealots or the children of zealots. Most of them couldn't have cared less about the religious part of this. It was just a big party to them, and nodding along with a Jesus shit was a small price to pay to get there. And of course, the organizers know this. That's the whole point. You know, it wouldn't be worth all this money if they were only drawing in kids that were already hopelessly infected with the Jesus. The idea is you bring in kids that are wavering in their faith or don't care about religion or starting to doubt God. You show them a good time. Maybe they meet a cute girl or a cute boy. They stay up way later than usual. And in the middle of the high dollar, low talent rock show that caps the night off, they lay on the Jesus thick. They put you in as euphoric a mood as they're legally allowed to, and then just then, when you're at your most accepting, they give you the hard sell, or the altar call, whatever they call it. And if you're like most kids, you get caught up in the chanting, in the singing, you get caught up in the mob intoxication, you're desperate to belong to something, and you do feel the Holy Spirit. You do feel the power of Christ. Or... At least you feel a thing, and everybody's calling that thing the Holy Spirit. So if it all goes as planned, the kid gets excited as fuck and then associates that religion with one of the best nights of their short life. I mean, look, a couple of months ago I saw a sign for Christian wrestling at a local church. You know, like like shoestring WWE shit, but with a sermon in the middle and an altar call at the end. And when you live in rural podunk, how often are you going to get a chance to take your kid to a live wrestling event, right? If they like wrestling, they're going to see the sign, they're not going to put together the significance of the big giant cross on it, and they're going to beg you to take them. And of course, you would say no, or at least you'd get them properly prepared for all the evangelism they were about to see, but what about a nominally Christian, non-church-going parent, right? They're not going to have your savvy, so they sucker a kid in with wrestling and sell him Jesus instead, and for some reason, that is perfectly okay. I mean, look, I remember this shit from my childhood. My mom was pretty enlightened about this kind of shit and outright forbade me from going to any of these pre pubescent indoctrination seminars. And in retrospect, I thank her for that. But I remember plenty of nights as a kid, angry to the point of tears because I couldn't go to to Kiwanis with David or, or, or movie night with Justin. Hell, I had to miss out on a party that featured multiple Pac-Man arcade games set on free play in 1983 took me years to get over that shit. Now, obviously, the ethical depravity of this shit becomes really obvious as soon as you plug in anything other than religion, right? I mean, even if it's the political party you agree with or the economic system you support. But if you think about it, it's actually way worse than that because to be truly analogous, we'd have to imagine that once the kids got to Republican Pizza Night, they were told that they would burn in hell for eternity if they ever disagreed with Grover Norquist. So even if every type of ideology went after children with pizza-infused propaganda rallies, Christians would still be immoral in comparison. But of course, the evolution of religion has left them with a perfect excuse slash marketing ploy to get around what otherwise would seem so blatantly unscrupulous. They'll say, well, we have to target the children because their souls lie in the balance. You know, so the, the, the fact that we're indoctrinating them long before they have the mental capacity to separate fact from fiction and question authority, that's just a necessary byproduct. That's not the reason we're doing it. After all, they'll ask, what if you're wrong and that child was condemned to hell for eternity because the gospel of Christ was withheld from them? And honestly, if you want to point out how insane that statement is, all you have to do is agree with it. All you got to do is turn to him and say, "Yeah, well, I guess if I find out that there's a magical deity that eternally tortures children for not going to the right wrestling events, I'll sure regret that I never worshipped him."
1: They're talking about your Jesus. Interrupt this broadcast, bring you a special news bulletin. Joining me for headlines tonight is the rugged yet still refined presidential hopeful, Eli Bosnick. Eli, welcome back to the show.
3: Oh, thanks for having me. I uh want to say I'm very proud to have won more states
1: than Ben Carson. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I was about to say, I mean, Super Tuesday, it wasn't great for you. I guess it wasn't great for Ben Carson either. But yeah, you pretty much held even with most of the field. Do you consider that a like a mandate from the people to continue campaigning?
3: Yeah, yeah, I'm standing with Bernie fans here and that, you know, it's not over till it's over, you know, I mean, literally until November 9th, that's, that is when I will stop my presidential campaign. November 8th, I'm still in the race. Excellent,
1: excellent. All right, let's get going with headlines. In our lead story tonight, from the Oscar Grouch file, black people are not the only ones angry about the Academy Awards last week, after a Best Picture win for Spotlight, and a best documentary short win for A Girl in the River: The Price of Forgiveness. Religion was shown to be a great inspiration for you know high quality cinema, but they're not very happy about the attention. Uh, apparently, there is such thing as bad PR when it comes in the form of award-winning films about pedophile priest cover-ups and faith-based honor killings. Now, so. is this is
3: this the Randy documentary, the thing with the pool? <laughs> I thought we agreed we weren't going
1: to talk about that. <laughs> should I, should listeners Google that or or don't? Google no, that? no, don't like, Google. Don't I feel, Google. I feel that. like you guys giving us advice. Don't on that. Google. Don't. That. He says, I only don't. get to come on once every forty years. But don't Google that. <laughs> so for uh, for those of you who aren't familiar, Spotlight is the story of the reporters from the Boston Globe who uncovered the Catholic Church sex abuse scandal. And despite some fairly widespread dissemination of this information ever since and now an Academy Award for Best Picture going to a movie on the topic, not only is the church still allowed to continue operating and protecting child rapists, but people keep giving money to the church every Sunday. It's crazy. This is like when Schindler's List came out, except the the Nazis still exist, and people still like them and give them Kickstarter donations every week to help them pay off the Jewish people. What the fuck is happening? Yeah,
3: I gotta admit, for atheists, this is a little bit of a bitter win. It's like if extremely loud and incredibly close had won, but only because people thought it was the first time someone mentioned 9-11. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, the towers went down? Which towers? In New York New York City. Here in this country. Oh goodness. So brave. Brave filmmakers. <laughs> Meanwhile, Dilla Hunty's just at home going, oh, you know, actually, for years, I've been, it's fine. Don't worry about it. It's a good
1: movie. <laughs> I'm going to keep giving money to those Jews. I don't care. They, <laughs> they're fine. They're cool. All right. So, uh, one more thing before we close out this story. Um, I just want to mention this. And it's easy for this to get uh, lost in the shuffle when you start talking about all the prejudice in the academy. But movies about atheist groups committing atrocities just don't get chosen. And it's not fair. I mean, where's the movie about that uh, atheist parking spot guy in North Carolina? Never even gets made. <laughs> Racist. I mean, I can't help but notice none of us have apologized
3: for that. How do we know he wasn't a listener? I'm just saying. If you put 30 seconds on the clock. People get killed. Take responsibility for what you say. Where's no illusions? Really? Come on. <laughs>
1: Some uh some good words of wisdom. We'll try to be more responsible for what we say. That's all I'm asking. All all right, right. (laughs) next up we've got a story about GOP presidential hopeful Donald Trump. Who did an interview with CNN's Jake Tapper on Sunday? Oh, this should be to, good. Uh, yeah, this is this is a good one. He discussed the recent string of endorsements from hate groups that that keeps happening, <laughs> and uh, most notably, he got a big thumbs up from former KKK Grand Wizard David Duke, who said last week that it would be quote treason against your ancestors for white Christian people to vote for anyone other than Donald Trump. Now, uh. Obviously you can't control who supports you, but, uh, here's what you can do. You can answer, uh, yes, absolutely, <laughs> when a news reporter asks you if you'd like to distance yourself from white supremacists. But, uh, Donald chose not to because he's a maverick never know see, what he's going to do. It's very exciting. I,
3: I think we're being a little too hard on Donald. I mean, what happened to asking for some skepticism from our political candidates? You don't want to judge anyone too <laughs> harshly too quickly. You know? No,
1: of course not. Of course not. Yeah. Donald Trump's very cerebral that way. Uh, it's important. So the, the exchange went something like this, uh, Tapper says, all right, Donald, I'm um, going to start you off with a softball real easy. Is the KKK bad? Yes or no? And Trump, Trump basically pleaded the fifth. Trick question. <laughs> yeah. N- 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 not realizing that it's extremely incriminating to uh, not incriminate yourself when you get a question about neo-Nazis. It's yeah, like, if someone asks you, you really if you that. beat your wife and you want to talk about snooker
3: scoring, you are definitely <laughs> beating your wife. <laughs> My gosh,
1: what lovely weather we're having. <laughs> right. So, yeah, after being asked to take a firm stance on David Duke and the KKK, you know, pro or anti, Trump answered, see, none of the above. And he explained that it would be politically incorrect to denounce these people without doing some more thorough research because he's classy like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, Donald Trump doesn't like to say negative things about an entire group without getting to know them first. and. You know, of course, that's why he has so many Muslim and Mexican friends for uh, research. Yeah, I mean,
3: what did did Jake
1: Tapper expect for
3: Donald to just want to kick them all out of the country? Come on, nobody deserves (laughs) that. Exactly.
1: <laughs> and, uh, now, uh, this is, this is kind of fun. The Republican National Committee is scrambling to smooth this over. It's like that, that mom who has to wrestle their shitty kid into the car and then apologize to the restaurant full of people. He's not a neo Nazi. I swear <laughs> he just needs a timeout. Is that a lot of sugar today?
3: Yeah, well, I mean, half boy. the Republican Party's like that. The other half is just letting him scream so they can write about how brave they are on their mommy blog. <laughs> I didn't have your baby. Take it outside. <laughs> no, you don't get nice things for a little while. You foot pooped a baby. <laughs> I'm going to take that strong anti-mother stance here on my first and last appearance of the you section.
1: <laughs> Firm stake in the ground. That's good. That's yeah, good.
3: exactly. <laughs> Plant a flag. This is the hill I die on.
1: <laughs> Fuck you, moms. So, uh, so yeah, that was fun. The front runner for the GOP nomination needs a timeout so he can think about what he said. Which was, just to recap, no, Jake Tapper, I'm not going to be lured into your trap questions about the pros and cons of the KKK. Right? He's not like, going to be tricked. And that, just for for the record, he then went on to
3: sweep Super Tuesday. <laughs> 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 it's not like this is some crazy guy in Letfield. This is the guy who crushed
1: is it on Super Tuesday. going to get the GOP nomination in all likelihood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, terrifying. So uh, let's just move it right along. Next up, we got a story about uh, Islamic oncology, actually, which you don't hear enough about. Saudi cleric Sheikh Saad al Atik did a TV Bless appearance you. earlier this month, during which he announced a surprising new way to prevent a whole bunch of cancer. Apparently. According to The Shake, here's the problem. People are posting food pictures on social media hubs like Snapchat. That's, that's the root cause. Don't forget he has to get to cancer. So food pictures on Snapchat, which in turn causes people to become <laughs> envious of the food, and that in turn causes cancer. Oh, okay. Malignant envy cancer. So... That was uh, bacon to cancer in three steps. Very impressive. So yeah. he's saying, yeah, shut down the internet, probably no more cancer.
3: Yeah, I mean, Great I think he's more idea. worried about uh gaining some shake weight. Ha! <laughs> ha! <Huh? laughs> shake! Ha! <Huh? Let's> <laughs> this is fantastic because like I've always had this theory that like there are parts of religion that just some dude clearly excusing his behavior like Ruth rolled over next to Abraham one night started to touch his thigh when she was on her period and he was like oh I totally would but um God says you're gross right now so you should leave for like four days that's what God said like I totally would but like oh God and this is just the modern version of that he's just sitting at brunch with his manic pixie dream child bride while she posts pictures of it on instagram and he's like fucking you know what this causes colon cancer I have, that's i changed i just spoke to allah
1: yeah it definitely definitely seems uh, like a little vestigial thing like that for sure and uh by the way uh when you actually get into the details of this it it gets even dumber than it sounds believe that's, it or not that's impressive this guy managed to find one of the stupid reasons to claim that envy of food causes cancer according to mr uh, al atiq it's all the women's fault actually apparently all these uh, overempowered bitches in saudi arabia are dressing up their food all slutty without any regard for their husbands and he says all this the husbands are being cuckolded by all these other people uh, I fucking their wife's cooking. This is a big problem for him. And, of course, not to mention all the kids getting the magical face cancer from the food porn that results. Really, honey?
3: Do you have to put so much garnish on? My parents are coming over. (laughs) (laughs) But here's my question. If if I fucking envy causes cancer, does this make, like, Guy Fieri the Dr. Brzezinski of the United States? He's like, no, 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 you need salt pills. (laughs) He's eventually going to have a Nuremberg-style hearing. flavor town (laughs) did you or did you not stick your finger in that (laughs) sauce
1: yeah Yeah. guy fieri and uh dr brzezinski the dr brzezinski's of the united states i mean they
3: are the two (laughs) worst humans in the united states then the
1: relationship goes farther (laughs) and uh by the way just just so you don't think i'm paraphrasing badly here's what this guy actually said quote by allah I have encountered cases of children getting cancer caused directly by pictures posted on social media accounts. A picture might transmit sorcery. The proof, he has proof. The oh, okay, proof good. is that if I took your picture and applied sorcery to it, you will be afflicted accordingly. So why do we find it difficult to believe that a sorcerer might take your picture from a social media account, print it and cast sorcery upon it? End quote.
3: Yeah, exactly. Ah, the uh, fat guy in a red hat method of determining witchcraft from the uh, Deepak Chopra School of Theology. And he's right. You know, we we can't prove that he wouldn't
1: print out a picture of our social media and cast the stuff on it. He's, he's got it. Yeah. Checkmate us. Yeah. So uh, I'm pretty sure, though, during that quote, did he not just claim that he's a wizard who can give you cancer using your picture? He, yeah. I'm pretty sure. He's not, and it seems like. You could heal cancer with that sort of magic. But also, one other thing, why does the sorcerer have to print it? I I was confused by the (laughs) printing. Like, I'm picturing Gandalf just frustrated, yelling at a printer, banging a PC load letter. The fuck is that? How am I going to give this kid cancer without a printout? (laughs) He spends two and a half
3: hours trying to fix it before he just calls some eagles and they fix it for him. (laughs) Oh, I just need eyes. That just means new paper. (laughs)
1: Perfect. All right. Now the kid's got cancer. All right. So, uh, just one last point. Um, this isn't just some random dude who happened to be on TV one time. It, it's not even like Pat Robertson level. He's a religious official with actual power. It, it's illegal to disagree with this guy out loud over there. And he thinks that fucking grilled cheese needs a burqa before you take a picture <laughs> of it. And, and if Muhammad's face shows up on the bread, you're really, you get your hands <laughs> chopped right. off or something. It's almost 30 million people living in Saudi Arabia. That must, that must be terrifying. Some guy's just sitting there, you
2: know.
3: He's on a business trip, and this stuff gets, and he's like, ha, "This must be like a com Everyone's like, "No, dude, shh, shh, shh. shh. Be
1: cool, be cool. <laughs>
3: Cover up your salad. Those shrimps look fantastic."
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, so, next up, uh, we've got a story about the crafty Southern damsel of the GOP presidential field, Ben Carson. Oh, I'm so glad. Ben Carson. Very exciting. Yeah. During a recent event at Regent University, Carson took the stage to discuss his thoughts on America's education system, along with host of the 700 Club, Pat Robertson, who you may also know as Live Action Brain from Pinky and the Brain. (laughs) Basically, they gave a TED Talk on how Christian kids are being horribly persecuted. And that's why Ben Carson, when... He's elected president is going to finally get rid of that, quote, ban on Christianity in our public schools.
3: Oh, it's good to hear. For For those who want to not have to watch the video or read the article, I'll, I'll give you an image. Uh, the Dormouse from Alice in Wonderland promises the leprechaun from the leprechaun movies that unicorns are going <laughs> to stop shitting everywhere when he's elected president. <laughs> there you go. I just helped you out. There you, if you, need a, if you need a slightly yeah. less silly image.
1: TLDR, just <laughs> – Refer to Eli. There you go. So
3: <laughs> some football players huddled in the corner. Do you guys mind if I say a quick prayer? No! Get the fuck out there! <laughs> Sacrifice <laughs> this goat, and then let's get back on the field.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and finally tonight, in Broke down Phallus News, according to a new report from the Daily Star, an Irish playwright named Ian Begley is planning to stage a production about a man who gets caught smuggling drugs into Syria at which point he falls in love and has a relationship with the ISIS commander who captures and jails him. Uh, isn't that what this,
3: this season of Serial is about? I haven't been listening. Like <laughs> like everyone else in America, I don't care because it's
1: not about that Muslim kid who killed his girlfriend. I really got to get into that show. That sounds like a fun season. And uh, by the way, if anyone's interested in helping uh, turn this dream into a reality for Mr. Begley, he's currently seeking donations at his Kickstarter page. That will Would. not be linked in the show notes for the episode. <laughs> <laughs> no, probably not. But, uh, either way, he's hoping to premiere the show at the Dublin Fringe Festival later this year if he makes his, uh, donation level. And, um, he's also considering a Kickstarter to have someone just, you know, stab him in the chest directly without the whole uh, <laughs> blasphemous play as a middleman. Make it a lot simpler. Yeah, that will be linked to the show notes <laughs> <in this> episode. <laughs> You got it. We are, yeah, you know, we're middle of the road. We're yeah, Muslim exactly. friendly ish. From the far and, center. <laughs> far <laughs> center on that one. Yeah, you got it. And uh, also, uh, one other small detail Mr. Begley was originally planning to make this an all singing, all dancing musical, which I think is fantastic. But he's since abandoned this idea, which, you know, obviously very disappointing. Sure, but regardless, yeah. this is a fantastic plot for a play. Now, um, in situations like these, I often find myself thinking, you know, uh, what would Noah do when, when a news story pops up with phrases like "gay ISIS drug mule love story musical"? What would Noah illusions do? And oh. um-, it, um do, uh, is- do smoke, any- <laughs> reference a movie that nobody but him and
3: Ebert had seen. Uh, <laughs> it, it, is is it fuck Lucinda because he left a very firm note on the fridge about that? And I just I just want to say like I read it and I'm not gonna not gonna try. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All good answers, but um I think uh I think if Noah were here right now specifically about this story, he'd say we should at least help out this playwright a little, if not make a sizable donation. Either way though, he'd be thoroughly disappointed if we didn't also put 30 seconds on the clock and come up with some ideas for the uh pretty much rights itself for the gay love story about the drug mule and the ISIS commander. Go.
3: Oh, uh, mm, how about uh heartfelched or <laughs> frottage by the lake? <laughs> Sandra Bullock.
1: Everybody google frottage because that's, don't, don't that's google
3: awesome. that don't google don't google google the Randy Just the thing. Second <laughs> the <laughs> yeah, second
1: definition, the second definition. Yeah. <laughs> um all right, so uh, what what about in terms of like uh casting? I was thinking maybe Daniel Radcliffe and Sasha Baron Cohen, something like that or maybe like Nathan Lane and Hank Azaria, mm-hmm. the, the Burn Ooh. Cage, something like yeah. that. How about a uh, Jim Caviezel and Jared
3: Leto in Between Iraq and a Hard Place?
1: <laughs> um, how about um, – I was also picturing like a figure skating version to go with the musical theme. Um, Ooh. Like a figure skating version of Walter White in Iraq, like uh, Breaking Baghdad, Miracle on ISIS, that sort of thing. <laughs> Ooh, all right. If, if we're going musical,
3: I'm going to go with a Peter Gabriel jukebox musical, uh, The Burqa of Love featuring uh, Acid in Your Eyes and Don't Tense Up. <laughs> <laughs> oh another musical let's so go classic weird. west bank story with hits like sharia i just found a law called sharia come on you, you write the songs. songs write themselves at this point.
1: <laughs> when you're a drone you're a drone all the way all right uh what about uh what about scarface 2 the acid smuggler but uh, bet Pacino does a a good Arab accent. That'd be fun. Um, no, maybe yeah, no uh, question. Yeah. maybe maybe the scent of a man without a face, something like that. <laughs> It'd be fun. It
3: smells like burning.
1: <laughs> and uh, I think that's gonna wrap it up on the uh, acid uh, face jokes. Uh, we always try to make a reference to that. Check, and we can close out the headlines. Eli, thanks as always.
3: All right, I will see you in 2058. Jumanji.
1: <laughs> Excellent. And when we come back, it'll be time for Quranomaniacs. So just sit back and relax.
2: Quranomaniacs. Oh. Oh. One of the common defenses Muslims use to bolster the Quran's divine credentials is what beautiful poetry it is. After all, they say, Muhammad was illiterate. So what are the odds that a person could produce such fluid and artful text without the benefit of being able to write it down, revise it, and reconsider it? But of course, upon examination, either there's a form of Arabic poetry that relies on rambling about random shit, remembering pages later what you were talking about, repeating yourself and then realizing midway through a sentence that it doesn't make sense only to desperately backtrack, or this thing <laughs> reads exactly like it was written by a fucking illiterate person.
1: Uh, Yeah, and for example, the very first thing we read is a nonsense word. It's alif mim and... <laughs> According to my translation, these letters can't be translated because they're miracle letters and only Allah knows what they mean.
2: I see. He's
1: like an eight-year-old boy trying to keep girls out of his tree fort (laughs) And, and he's illiterate, like you said.
2: Yeah, right, right. And of course, a holy book breakdown would only be a partially book breakdown if we didn't have the input of the lovely and talented Lucinda Lusions. Lucinda, welcome back.
0: I'd feel a lot more welcome if you didn't keep making me read all this
2: shit. Wouldn't we Thank all? And, of course, here to balance out all the loveliness is the one and only Eli Bosnick. Eli, glad you could join us once more. Oh, thanks for having me. I have a meatball stuck inside me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Glad you shared. All right, so we've got two more series to knock out this week, so we're going to get right to it, starting with a chapter titled The Family of Imran.
0: So, yeah, we start off with a bunch of reminders about how awesome God is and how he definitely wrote the shit out of this book. Oh,
1: yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: And
0: then it brags about how little
1: sense it makes. It does. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we also so learn awesome. early on a little bit about God's, uh, resume. Turns out he had a brief career as a fiction writer before he started writing science books like the Croc Yeah, so like Elron Hubbard in that way.
2: Apparently,
3: God's on a boat somewhere. <laughs> Fucking kids. My translation says that God is quote the Avenger. And, and look, mm-hmm. I know I'm not caught up on every issue, but I feel like I would have heard about them adding Allah to the roster. I mean, <laughs> everyone right. freaks out when they added a black kid. So I yeah, just saying. right. <laughs> Spiderman boy. <laughs>
1: And, uh, then in verse six, it says that, uh, Allah, quote, shapes you in the wombs as he pleases. Mm-hmm. And, uh, in context, I guess the message is supposed to be, you know, uh, God the creator is everywhere. But they chose the creepiest fucking way you could have possibly said that. He's basically 3D printing every fetus with his Magical Hentai Dick Tentacles. Obviously.
2: There's no other way to interpret that.
3: Hentai Dick Tentacles, by the way, is a fantastic film, if anyone wants
2: <laughs> to. <laughs> it's unparated. Yeah. Yes, it is. Um, he also points out about how half the passages are allegorical and that nobody but God will ever know what the fuck God was talking about. Mm-hmm. It brags about, like, that, like like it's proud of that, like it's a good thing. Yeah, God's basically the dad from Big Fish. Now, yeah. not all right. the stories <laughs> I tell
1: you
3: are true, but kill all the shoes
0: anyway
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's a deleted as, scene yeah right
0: and as for the non-believers god will set their children on fire
2: uh, well that part was allegorical only god wow. understands oh gotcha it. right of course right. it was and uh i guess a lot didn't
1: think this all the way through because according to this verse I can be an atheist with absolutely no consequences as long as I remain poor and childless. It's fine. Oh, good call. That's my uh, my vision board right there. There's (laughs) a fantastic
3: quote in this section where he says, it's basically, and you shall say to the unbeliever, when my dad gets back, he's totally going to kick your ass. He knows (laughs) karate.
2: (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of that. Uh, This is also where we get the first of of what I'm sure will be many references to the Battle of Bader, where the Muslims defeated a much larger army of Hebrews. And it makes no sense to bring it up here. So keep in mind that as he's dictating, Muhammad just cut into the middle of his own story to say, you guys remember when I kicked those motherfuckers asses at Bader? That was <laughs> awesome. <laughs> My copy is so anti-Semitic. Oh, I'm so excited. You ready,
1: you ready for the Saudi translation? Oh, please, please. Okay, yeah. It says, there has already been a sign for you. Oh, Jews! In the two armies that met at the Battle of Bad, yeah. oh, really? oh, Jews! Also, a uh, quick tip for anyone reading along with a digital copy learning that if you do a control F and search for Jew, especially O Jews, takes you to the best parts of the Quran right away. Oh, nice. <laughs> good to know. A really easy way to skip around.
3: <laughs> yeah, basically, this is Muhammad's section of being that friend. If you've ever been in a fight with a friend, like you both fought at the same time, and mm-hmm. every time you get drunk from then on, they're like, you remember that guy we fucked up at Bennegan's? <laughs> you got him good, huh? It's like, Stop trying to kiss me, man. <laughs> we both fought a guy outside of Bennegan's. There's all So, a crazy section, I just have to point out, where the quote in my translation is, quote, "...fair seeming to men is the love of pleasures from women and children." Oh, really? Yeah, so I'm guessing Reza missed that part. There's a lot of parts
2: (laughs) that I think Reza missed. Also,
3: just one other note. I think Christian's dicks would fall off if they read all of the... If someone says you're wrong, just tell them you're saved and smugly walk away. They'd be like, that's our thing, motherfucker! (laughs) (laughs) Don't you do that to us! You're not saved! My book came second. Oh, that's what we say to people!
1: <laughs>
3: you crazy Muslims! <laughs> Look out I mean, for I'll my Dennis for the Menace remake, by the way.
0: <laughs> all right, then in verse 28, we learn that Muslims aren't allowed to be friends with
2: us. Not at all. No. So I
0: can stop saying, don't get me wrong, some of my best friends are Muslims because they know I'm full of shit anyway. So. Wait, right. <laughs> well, right. I just yeah. want to say,
3: I have a very close friend who's Muslim. Uh, terrible health, though. I-, I told him we were mm. reading the Quran, and he just kept yelling, I'm Sikh, I'm Sikh! Poor guy. <laughs> Nice <laughs> turban though. like he's,
1: he's got a hat.
2: His <laughs> <laughs> just randomly in the book, uh, uh, remembered he was supposed to be talking about the family of Imran, so we finally get to that. Right. Mm. My version is so crazy. So
3: she, she's talking, this is the lady who's about to give birth to Mary, and she literally mm. goes, hey God, I'm having a baby. It's a girl. And God knew it was a girl. He totally knew that. And then she <laughs> says, I quote, give her and her offspring refuge from Satan the stoned. Satan the stone, <laughs> stoned? Right? Like Satan's just sitting something. there. You guys ever, like, watch
2: The Mighty Bush? It's really, <laughs> really funny. <laughs> so, yeah, so we meet Mary, and she gets passed off to Zechariah, I guess. And And, okay, so she apparently magically makes food appear every day by praying really hard. Mm-hmm. I, no, just for herself, mind you. She just makes herself food. She doesn't use yeah. her magical food-making <laughs> powers to feed the hungry or anything. Kind of a bitch about it. Yeah. Right,
0: right. Well, and we're just taking her word on that. Oh, the true, other, yeah. The other possibility is that she's a kleptomaniac that had to explain where the hell that new purse came from every day.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. true that. True yeah. that this is
3: very clearly just the Bible's version of the telephone game, like Mary was a version got turned into there was a liar named Mary who blamed God. You
2: know? <laughs> Strange for the telephone game to get truer and truer as you go. Right. And then of course she had Jesus. Yes, it's that Mary. And when we introduce Jesus, we're once again reminded that this is being dictated by a goddamn drunkard because the sentence stars on starts off with when jesus is born he will and then it goes Mm -hmm. on so long that by the end of the sentence the book forgot that we were in the future tense and now all of a sudden (laughs) jesus is alive and talking to people and shit (laughs) in that sentence
3: well it's poetry you gotta understand oh i (laughs) see (laughs) it's like bell hooks (laughs) also there's another amazing uh, quote in this section quote and the jews plotted and God plotted, but of those who yeah. plot, God is best. Like, Dr. Seuss got drunk and yelled a book at a synagogue he was peeing on. Say, fuck me over at the shop. I'll fuck you all.
2: I think you may have just described the entire Quran right there. Exactly. One fish, two fish. It even made more
0: sense when you said it. And then the ranting drunkard shows up again here to remind us that we can't trust Jews with our gold. No.
2: uh.
3: He's right. Honestly, I would have no idea what to do with your gold. Stop (laughs) sending me (laughs) your (laughs) gold. Also, I love the moment in this section where he's like, quote, all food was allowed to the children of Israel, except for the food that Jacob forbade them. It's like, yeah. <laughs> oh, all the food except for the stuff you said I couldn't. Amazing! It's like, you know, think of the nine of spades. Any nine of spades, in a of <laughs> I shall I pluck the thought from it. your mind.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Trying to pluck meaning out of this book is like waiting for Walter Subcheck to finish a sentence, isn't it, though?
2: <laughs> yeah. no, it's always just trailing off and I'm winding not up. He never. Not, Cuts out of a sentence <laughs> through the same fucking sentence he went in through. And, and and by now, he's given up on any pretense that he's actually making a point about something. Mm-hmm. So he babbles about Abraham not being Jewish, and then reminds everybody that they have to visit his meteor or God will hate them. <laughs>
1: right. <laughs> and then uh, we get a little section that seems like it's supposed to be advice for, I guess, Muslim subway preachers about what to say to Jews and Christians when they argue with you. It's kind of like a telemarketing flowchart type of thing, like... Fuck me at 7 a.m.? Funny that you mentioned that. But (laughs) did you know that praying to Allah at 7 a.m. prevents autism? uh
2: (laughs) Check it out. Interesting.
1: We also learned that Muslims are the best people ever.
3: Oh, yeah. You guys guys are great, honestly. You... you're my best friends, and I love you. And we don't say it enough. We don't we say
2: just, it. We totally go through all the straight uh, stages of drunkenness in this. You mm. know, we get the anger, and we get the oh, I love you guys so much. It's awesome. And and I don't know that we've gone uh, a dozen consecutive verses in this book at any point without coming across more hell threats. So we're gonna get some more of those. Mm. And then we also learned that when God. Burns people in hell for eternity. It isn't that he's being a dick; it's that they're being dicks to themselves by sending themselves to hell. Oh. They didn't want that eternal <laughs> torment. They shouldn't have undercooked the steak.
0: Yeah, yeah. The stop hitting yourself school of theology. Yeah, right.
3: <laughs> honestly yeah, exactly. It's fine. I fell down the stairs into hell. It's no big <laughs> deal. <exactly.
0: laughs>
2: it's <laughs> my fault. Don't, it's don't I wasn't it looking. In front of him.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and, and I really think we need to talk about verse one eighteen. Uh-huh. Because it might be the single worst passage in any of these books so far that I've read. It's not the most violent or anything, don't get me wrong, but it tells the readers, fear outsiders. Don't make friends with them. All they want to do is make you suffer. <laughs>
1: yeah. All outsider yeah.
2: this is why yeah. we need Let donald trump in america apparently when an outsider tries to make friends with you as a good muslim you're supposed to scream at the top of your lungs <laughs> die of rage god is aware of what your heart contains that's its advice Upon meeting new people. And 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 that is
3: their Tinder profile picture for years. They always swipe left. It's like, like, you seem nice now, but you bite your fingers at me when I'm not looking. I know. It says that.
2: that? Bite your fingers. And And then we get um, Battle of Bader name drop number two. And apparently God is promising to send angels if they're ever in trouble. He says uh, he'll send 5,000 of them to be exact, but at least he had the foresight to point out that the angels would be clearly marked. Oh, OK. Right. So if your skins, they're not going to show up in shirts, I guess. God thought of everything. Yeah. They only get
3: 3,000 in my translation to start. But then if you bitch enough, you get 5,000. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. fucking John Meadows Rodwell jewing people out of their angels. <laughs> Also, this uh, section explains why the Muslim world has been so militarily triumphant. Honestly, it's like this part of the Bible is they were like, and lo, white Christians, you will have the biggest dicks and win the civil war.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We also get some evidence in verse 137 of how awesome Muslim God is. It challenges us to go through the land and find one single example of a non-Muslim city that doesn't suck. Mm-hmm. compared to life in good old <laughs> Arabia. of course, <laughs>
3: Bayonne,
1: New Jersey. Right. <laughs> 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 Didn't have to go that high up the list. Right. Koval, yeah, let me tell you, this white man's burden is the worst. You don't even want to know. You guys have Shit. no idea. It's exhausting. Uh,
0: how come we
3: also... don't have a non-Muslim history month? Am I right? Come on.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Every month is non-Muslim history month.
0: <laughs> he also makes Racist. a strange point about how war isn't really a big deal because mm-hmm. people who die in wars would have died at the same time anyway and it's better to die in a war than getting raped to death by a lion
2: or whatever. I guess right. This. Yeah. So, so all the people Hooray who were going to die in war all those asses. people in World War I would have just got the plague. So okay. It so, does. A little, little historical context here. They're now talking about the Battle of Uhud. I think that's, that's how it's pronounced, sure. Uhud. Um, it, th- this is the army where Muhammad and his army got their asses whipped by the army that they beat in the Battle of Bader. Okay, mm-hmm. so when they won the Battle of Bader, that was a clear sign that God was on their side. And when they lost the Battle of Uhud, yeah, right. that was also, it just meant God was whittling down the army a bit, but definitely not on the other guy's right. side.
1: Yeah, you, you don't want that bye week No, well, when right? you're, <laughs> loose, you're just staying loose. You're just staying loose. We We did that. On purpose, we were just we
2: let him in for that last our guys out. Uh, the Jets. There's also a fantastic
3: win. part where he's like comforting people about their loss. He says, uh, "Quote: Fear not for those who have joined with gods without warranty." End quote. And I him to be like, "And look, Allah knows you want to leave Best Buy right away, but honestly, don't come back with the receipt now." It's like the girl with the name tag didn't try to face fuck you with a two year warranty. <laughs> <laughs> you you come back now and act like you didn't know that you couldn't put your dick in a washing machine.
0: All right,
3: <laughs> it's for soap.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I swear I spent the whole Sora loading Excedrin and migraine into a Pez dispenser oh, right. at the realization that the whole fucking book is going to read just like this. Yeah. Just random hell threats and misogyny from an author that can't hold his train of thought any longer than the Duda memento.
1: Right? Oh, <laughs> ridiculous. It's, it sounds like Muhammad would just keep saying things and then he'd get mad at that scribe because he didn't seem to be writing as much as Muhammad said. <laughs> right. Like Bill Murray and Lost in Translation, you know.
2: I Is that to, all he said? I'd love you? to be a fly on the
3: wall. <laughs> I got lost so many times reading this, these mm. two fucking chapters. I just kept jumping around the page being like, I've already read this. Yeah, all, why are we, why are
2: we saying this? <laughs> eyes again? left to right, top to bottom. We've been doing this for what? years. Keep <laughs> <laughs> together. Well, I mean, yeah, cause like it introduced characters early and it talks about Mary and Zechariah and I thought that, like, we introduced john the baptist jesus was there for a second so i thought for sure eventually we we're going to get back to them and there would be some like reason why we introduced him in the first place no. but no absolutely not. nothing uh t- to be fair though i did find one good sentence
3: uh, uh-huh. uh he says quote be not chagrined at your loss of booty
2: <laughs> oh, that was that was the highlight of this
3: reading experience for me i was like <laughs> booty all right
2: back to the fucking crazy screen <laughs> Yeah, uh, but other than that, it's just, oh, and you know what else non-Muslims are full of shit about? That for 200 verses. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right.
0: But I will say I got my hopes up when I saw the the title of the next surah
2: was women. Yeah, surah number four. This ought to be good. So first of all, don't steal shit from orphans. We need to be very Mm -hmm. clear about that right up front. That is the first thing you need to know about women obviously (laughs) yeah this is the
3: don't shit in the pool of religious rules it's like why why did someone have to write this down
2: (laughs) were they they
1: shitting in the pool before well also it it's it's uh it's about not swindling orphans Mm -hmm. too so in fairness i think this is one of those you know cultural things we need to be a little more open-minded about here in the western world we just go right up to orphans and trick them into bad trades. That's capitalism, but you know they don't understand that in the Islamic world, so they have a ban on. I get that. Yeah. I get right, that. Right.
0: Well, also we learned right away that you should try to keep yourself to four wives or fewer. Mm-hmm. But the way that phrase fucked me all kinds of. Oh up. yes. In my translation, it says in verse three, quote: If you fear that you cannot deal fairly with the orphan girls, you may marry women of your choice, two or three or four. End quote. So, what does cheating orphan girls have to do with getting married? I, and if you right. can deal fairly with orphan girls, should you just, you know, fuck them instead? What the hell yeah. is going on here? I don't understand this fucking. Book.
2: Okay, so yeah, I had to look this one up, and I found a huge well of apologetics about it. Uh, uh, uh Surah four, verse three. So, for the record, a lot of the translations say something like with respect to marrying widows if you are afraid of not being able to maintain justice with her children marry another woman of your choice or two or three or four who have no children that's from mm-hmm. the Sarwar translation by the way and that is complete bullshit yeah. nothing like the Arabic th- th- that's a translator trying to make it seem like this is like not about fucking orphan girls right. The entire passage in the original Arabic makes no mention of widows mothers no mention of others no mention of her children and I don't even think the Muslim scholars can make heads or tails of what the fuck he was talking about there but it is almost certainly about fucking girls. Orph- girls that are in your care Yeah it's exactly. <laughs> like when someone has to go up After Deepak Chopra in one of those Intelligence square debates
3: okay so what Deepak meant
2: oh, right. I, He <laughs> didn't <laughs> say <laughs> these words But it was a
3: test God damn it I gotta stop going second Also can we talk about for a second About limiting yourself to four Wives? I mean, who wants to come Uh. home to three people crying because there's a cute dog on Facebook (laughs) just sitting there getting outvoted because, quote, he has ears? (laughs) (laughs) All right. I mean, guess you guys are all right.
2: (laughs) And then Muhammad tries his hand at math, and that's fun. Mm (laughs) <laughs> five or six verses of him spouting off fractions that don't add up to explain who gets what when it comes to divvying up dead people's money.
0: And of course, right. women are worth about, oh, you know, half as much as, as well, men again. Uh,
2: unless there's more than two sisters, in which case, <laughs> gets the sisters should get two-thirds and then the other <laughs> half gets divided above, among the brothers and the remaining one-sixth Goes to your parents if they're still alive.
1: Yeah, the uh, remaining negative 33% goes to the orphan slave prostitutes. They actually owe you money.
3: Shit's <laughs> like Weird a systems. goddamn SAT question. You didn't say there'd be math, right? <laughs> the one good thing I could say about the Quran ruined. There's math now.
0: Friend <laughs> it for me. And there's no way I can do this one justice without just reading it verbatim here. Verse 15 of Surah 4, quote, If any of your women commit fornication, Call in four male witnesses from among yourselves against them. If they testify to their guilt, confine them to the house until death releases them or until God gives them another way out. End quote.
3: (laughs) See, my translation says, quote, and watch out for Lady MacGyver. She can be tricky. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Using only a burka and a safety (laughs) pin. So I guess the takeaway here is whenever your wife does a gangbang, make sure you get sworn statements from at least four of the dudes. Otherwise right. mm-hmm. you don't get to watch her die in a cage legally.
2: <laughs> Apparently. Jeez. And then we get God's thoughts on gays for a minute, and no, it's not murdering them yet. Right now it's just punishing them until they promise to stop being gay. Oh, yeah. yeah, which
3: makes you wonder, do they maybe just not promise fast enough on the way down when they get thrown off of roofs? It's like
2: I know. must be it. Fuck, dude. Must be <laughs> it, yeah
0: then we get the list of people you aren't allowed to marry yeah, so good. Um, this includes your mom mm-hmm. your sisters your aunts your uncles your nieces etc but one that it leaves out and actually specifically points out is okay is if you marry a woman and her daughter uh-huh but you marry both of them before you fuck them either of them
2: yeah
3: right. that's
0: okay it's right, all right. And, and, and I mean yeah.
3: that's some more Quranic prophecy. I, I think it's pretty clear that Muhammad had just a vision of milf three way porn, and you know we <laughs> <laughs> need to respect
1: that. He Come nailed on. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all also, that
2: scientific accuracy that he wove in there, yeah. I love it.
1: Also, what other uh, rule in here in my copy? Anyway, you you can't fuck your wet nurse. Or any woman that suckled the same
2: teat as you as a child. Mm-hmm. It really says that. That yeah. ruins so many of my fantasies. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: also, no married women. Mm-hmm. Unless, of course, you stole them as war slaves. In which case, obviously, you can marry them. Clearly. I, it's
3: just yeah. at a certain point, he, I feel like he's reading my internet history. I'm very uncomfortable.
0: <laughs> 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 we also get a flow chart of how to deal with disobedient women. Mm-hmm. First, you admonish them. Then you kick them out of bed. No dick. And then you hit them. Yep. It says that. You fucking hit them. You hit them. Okay. See, and I, I don't
3: understand do. why Dawkins is so hard on the Muslims. They agree on so much. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> it's worse to get hit with a bat than it is with a stick. That's all I'm saying. That's all <laughs> yeah. <what> I'm saying.
1: <laughs> well, that's the thing. I mean, it's not like it sounds. You hit her with, like, a newspaper. <laughs> oh, well. just a No. no.
2: <laughs> Dignified stern
1: <laughs> on the nose well, see,
2: it's so funny because when i was googling verse 3 of surah 4 the search bar kept being like are you sure you weren't looking for verse 34 so i was looking right. forward to this verse and it did not disappoint fuck if ray rice was a muslim Rifra would have protected him <laughs> holy shit <laughs> but from the tape
1: though it was hard to tell if he admonished her first <laughs> you know and then withheld some dick so I can understand why goodell was a little confused at first right not right. clear at all
3: and then of course that part ends with but i mean if they aren't bitches don't hit him not god great right, yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> we got a part where it says you shouldn't hit him i mean if they're not bitches about it but yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, so
0: you know we also learn in verse 46 that jews would be much better off of course not being jews
2: as though we didn't already know this right. and remember that muhammad was illiterate this thing was dictated so i guarantee you that in verse forty six, when it says like some Jews take the words out of context and say we have heard but we disobey or hear without listening, you know Muhammad was doing that part in his Jew voice. <laughs> some Jews take the word out of context and say we have heard but we disobey. Oh, yeah. Muhammad, you got him! You got him! You're <laughs> just great, like Muhammad. You're really just did. like it.
1: But my Muslim brothers be taking words in context like a baller.
0: <laughs> And then the religion of peace reminds us in verse 56 that when God gets done melting the skin off of Jews... He's going to put new skin on them so that he can melt that skin off of them, too.
1: Mm -hmm. And so
0: on and so forth. for
1: eternity. I was picturing, like, Jewish Bugs Bunny just unzipping his skin over. over. I was getting so mad. I love the idea of Jewish Bugs Bunny. Right.
3: And in verse 69, we have a moment where he basically is like, look, this book is super easy to follow. So easy to follow that, spoiler alert, if we told you, like, kill yourself, the truly faithful would. Just saying, again, (laughs) it's just testing the waters for butt sex, the book. <laughs> See if you do it. I hear some women really like it. That's
2: I just crazy. My friend's wife, light switch, says she's
1: suicide is an erogenous zone. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so more Jew hate, more Jew hate, more Jew hate, and then we're reminded that the truly pious Muslim should be jumping at a chance to die for their religion. Once more, that's in seventy four. Yeah, and uh, actually, you don't
1: even have to die. Mm-hmm. You get the same reward if you. um kill all the not-Muslim people. But all of them. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yes. you, you can win at genocide or die trying. Right. right. The same amount of points. <laughs> Seems unfair to the guy that wins, but it keeps the staff on their toes. That's so true.
0: I understand
2: <laughs> the Important policy. Important part, yeah. And,
0: and let's be super clear about this little jihad subsection here. It says very clearly, if you're not a Muslim, you're a follower of Satan, and it's their
2: duty to kill you. In no uncertain terms.
0: For the sake of themselves, God, the world, and your women and children who are being led astray by your satanic ways.
2: Right right after the boy, should you want to die for this book verse? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. And then it spends about three verses saying, and look, this is definitely not figurative. You should mm-hmm. definitely go out and murder people until <laughs> you die that aren't Muslim because God was going to kill you at that exact time anyway when you were going to. There is no fucking way to read this section as peaceful or even tolerant of peacefulness. Right. So uh,
3: out of curiosity, I actually went looking for an apologetic for this verse. Mm-hmm. And it's basically... Yeah, but then, like, the next verse says to answer the call of the oppressed, which is a little like saying when you're done murdering all the stupid atheists and Jews and fatties, realize that everyone will be a Muslim and you did a good thing. (laughs) That's what it says, yeah. yeah. When you think about it, Liam Neeson's the good guy in Taken. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah, I guess. But what if he had killed everybody, like the people in the... <laughs> okay, then not someone. No, 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 no. You like taking it? Ew, hold on, hold on. <laughs> not so fast.
2: <laughs> okay.
0: and, and just in case you didn't take it literally enough, we're reminded in verse 89 that if anybody ever backslides in their faith, we should quote, seize them and kill them. End quote.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but That's only if those people oppress
2: Muslims. God. well i think it is worth pointing out that that at least um in in that verse the bible gives you the same advice Hmm. so the quran and the bible are tied oh yeah they're
3: both super shitty books yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> I love uh, how everyone has to point that out, like, I should just point out, they're both shitty
2: books. Yeah, man, they're both yep. shitty yeah, books. Yeah, you shouldn't yeah, believe in any about of this these book things. right now. <laughs> so, uh, now, yeah, so the message is, as long as people acquiesce, lay down their arms, and do whatever you tell them to do, including leaving their homes and finding somewhere else to live, you're not allowed to harm them anymore. Unless, uh-huh. of course, you count stealing their children as harm. But, and really, know, is yeah. that so much to ask? No, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah.
0: Also, if you accidentally murder a Muslim, you have to give his family some money and a free a Muslim slave. <laughs> so yeah. that's
2: why you should always Make have Muslim slaves yeah. on hand. Eskimo Joe for 12000 So.
0: <laughs>
2: and uh then in
1: verse 101, it says, uh, this is an interesting part, it says, you could shorten your prayers down, if like Jews are chasing you, <laughs> it becomes like like a hurry up offense type of deal. Like Akbar, Akbar, Omaha, Omaha, hot wrap. <laughs> so, and by the way, uh, Eli, have you noticed that like when you chase Muslims around, do they shorten it up? Have you, they do. Have it's them? true. They they, <laughs> they they
3: stop right away. I I, I run out when you're they're quick. doing their little
1: rug prayers, and they they yeah.
3: they scamper. <laughs>
2: <laughs> scamper. <laughs> And in case you're wondering what the very worst thing a human being can possibly do, it's idolatry. Yeah. That's the one thing Muslim God will absolutely not forgive. Serial murder rape, you just have to ask. Movie the Golden Calf, there isn't enough sorry in the world, motherfucker. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and a couple verses later, we get a really weird warning for all the dudes. It says... Uh, Listen, we know what's going to happen. You're going to try to fuck your wives and your slaves and your local orphan girls all equally. Everybody tries to do that. You're going to have fucking rotation systems and spreadsheets. It's not going to matter. You're going to fuck it up. So just stay focused on marrying the right homeless child. Like, that's the good Muslims think big picture. So, yeah, that was... It was a verse in a holy book. Mm-hmm.
2: I, I also want to linger on verse 150 for a second because I think it's worth citing all the people who says, you know, Islam just needs reform. Because this part, part basically says, if anyone ever says that Islam needs reform, it's because Satan. So kill them. <laughs> so, okay. It's not quite that explicit, but that's basically the gist of it. Yeah, and yeah. this
3: is some grade A quality prophecy. I mean, it doesn't mention Hersey Ali by name, but it's pretty
2: great. <laughs> it's Pretty <laughs> close.
0: Yeah. And then we learned that God swapped Jesus out at the last second. Yes, he never got crucified. Joel. (laughs) never ever or maybe God just came down and used the men in black flashy thing for the Jews oh you crucified
2: the fuck out of that guy but
0: Jesus definitely (laughs) didn't crucify y'all even Mm. though the people who you know crucified him thought he did it's very clear on, on that
3: yeah, right and if you don't
2: believe him. that you're murderable
3: yeah yes. and i mean this is hard to read i mean no matter who the magician is you hate to see someone get called out on their tricks you know Right. how to hate Allah more he's the guy that ruins the magic show for everybody you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's
2: a magnet it's a magnet all right fine there's a string, on it. There's a just a string and you can't see it because it's a black background guys it's just
3: contact juggling it's a fake thumb <laughs>
1: Yeah. Uh, This was actually impressive, this section in a weird way. The verse manages to clear the Jews of murdering Jesus, Mm -hmm. but still do that with an anti-Semitic message
2: somehow. (laughs) I said, look, they can't even murder a heretic, probably. (laughs) Idiots. Oh, my God. This book is so good at Jew hate. Also, a a cherry-picking apologist might toss verse 171 at you where it reminds Muslims not to go to extremes in their religion, Mm -hmm. which is true. It does say that, but... It, earlier in the same chapter it reminded us that he do, that the guy who's saying that doesn't think murder, martyrdom, rape or slavery are extreme. Yeah, it's basically yeah. like so <laughs> kill everybody that's not a Muslim.
3: But don't go crazy, guys. Don't go <laughs> crazy. <Right. laughs> I,
0: I was happy to see him call bullshit on the Holy Trinity in there though. Yeah.
2: Cause that's some wacky shit. Right? That was nice. That we'll see. We found something <laughs> nice to say. That makes this whole segment a compliment sandwich. Yeah, yeah. So we'll close it there. That's four suras down and only a hundred and ten to go. <laughs> but don't worry. As bad as that sounds, we're actually already more than fifteen percent of the way through this thing. Uh So we'll take a three-week hiatus and we'll return for suras five and six, which will include our first Meccan surah. I hear those are supposed Ooh. to be the less evil ones. So Ooh. we've got that to look I forward to. I love Meccan food. <laughs> <laughs> and until then All I can say is This book is incredibly fucked up Hallelujah Meccans are all rapists <laughs> <laughs> We're
3: gonna make them pay for the wall <laughs> <laughs> I'm
1: gonna blow it
2: down with a trumpet <laughs> Before we crawl back into our dens tonight, I wanted to thank Heath for doing my job and his this week so that Lucinda and I could have our first vacation in years. Kind of hard to do when you have three shows due out, but impossible if you have three shows due out and you don't have as dedicated and selfless a partner in crime as Heath. So for that, I thank him profusely. Also need to thank Eli for stepping up and helping out a ton over the last couple of weeks. Needed to juggle a ton of shit on a recording schedule and Eli moved planets to make that happen. So huge thanks for that. And obviously, while I'm at it, I should thank the lovely Lucinda Lusions for patiently waiting years for a vacation under the excuse that I had very important dick jokes to write. Anyway, that's all the blasphemy we've got for you tonight, but we'll be back in 10,022 minutes with more. If you can't wait that long, be on the lookout for a new episode of our sister show, God-Awful Movies, debuting on Tuesday at 8 a.m. Eastern Time. Kind of got saddled with an unexpectedly not-all-that-bad movie last week, but we are damn sure making up for it this week. Definitely looking forward to that one. also need to thank Zach from the Zach Litch cast for providing this week's Farnsworth quote. If you're interested in checking out his show, you'll find links to his YouTube channel and the podcast version on the show notes for this episode. And I just want to say, in my defense, you try working around Heath, Eli, and Lucinda everyday. And see if you don't laugh constantly, I fucking dare you. But most of all, of course, I need to thank this week's best people. Uh, but unfortunately, I don't know who they are yet because I had to record this outro in advance. But I'm sure their genitals are super impressive, and I promise to tell you all about them by name when I get back next week. And if your genitals too are in need of compliments, you can help support the show by making a recurring donation at patreoncom atheist whereby you'll earn early access to an extended edition of every episode, or you can make a one-time donation by clicking on the donate button on the right side of the homepage at Skathingatheist.com. And if you'd like to help, but you can't find a buyer for all your boarded fetus tissue, you can also help us a ton for free by leaving us a 5 star review on iTunes Stitcher or your podcast rating vehicle of choice you can also help us by telling a friend about the show or sharing it on any of the social media platforms that your grandma isn't on, or you know what I shouldn't make assumptions about your grandma, I'm sorry she might love dick jokes it's probably best if you share it with her too if you have questions, comments or death threats, you'll find all the contact info on the contact page at skatingatheist.com all the music used in this episode was written and performed by yours truly and yes I did have my permission
3: to say jumanji
1: and we're out with jumanji (laughs) fantastic (laughs) i thought (laughs) i thought for a second you were going to throw jumanji in as another movie too (laughs) (laughs) that'd be great
3: did you just do a drug run for your birthday nah i mean it's a a road trip it's a road i did hardly any editing while i was in the car hardly any